spectacular. Schaefer? Schaefer, are you there? I have at her. Hawk the haymaker. Instantly. Perk the idiot. Jackass. Out juke the jerk out, jab the joker out, jam the juice head. Okay. King Kong threw a karate kick that kind of caught you in the kisser. Loser. But that legend Lady Luck was lingering, left you with only a lovely little lump on your lip. Mint. But maybe mention you may use MMA, Mr. Muay Thai. And poop. Knees are unnecessary. Over it. Okay, onward. <laughs> Night has fallen once again over the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. Here I sit behind my microphone inside my ivy-covered castle. The Bill the Landlord's bird feeder is devoid of birds, for it is nighttime. They're at home, they're gathered around their tiny little imaginary bird radio, waiting for their imaginary radio shows to come over the airwaves to give them comfort in the in the dark of night so we'll do our best to do that for them here on one magical hour a matthew and schaefer podcast spectacular if we're going to comfort those birds and we are we're going to and we're going to have to do it with our friend you know him you love him in montserrat he's a mistaker but in martinique he's a mistaker he's the pride of tarzana california he's matthew rampy Record this podcast down the road that I must travel. Record this podcast through the darkness of the night. Record this podcast where I'm going, will you download? Record this podcast in my garage in the night. Hello, Mr. Mr. Schaefer. Hello. (laughs) I, if that is your real name. I you, lo- you love that song. I mean, I knew that I know that a band called Mr. Mr. exists and I know that because I've lived for 45 years in America, I've heard their songs, but I don't know if you if you pointed at me and said Schaefer name a Mr. Mr. song, I couldn't do it. And that's um, obviously one of them. Right? Do you know that song? Curia Laison? It's like an anthem. It was it was big in eighty five. <laughs> yeah. People that know, are like, I, get with the times, boys. I'm sure that you know, I'm sure if I heard it I'd be I'd say, Oh yeah, you know, this was Okay. You know, all over I don't the, know why it popped into my head today, and furthermore, <laughs> I don't know why it became the show podcast parody. I had another like equally obscure idea for nucleus jam on it i guess i shouldn't like um i guess i shouldn't show my hand there because that might come up again i mean you should yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't deny yourself Podcasting. any material let's do the work i got to make your body jerk <laughs> the, not- whether and whether i not whether or not i under understand the reference doesn't matter for the bit right in fact, um, I don't I know. Think, I think it does. I don't. I don't know. I think it sort of does. Isn't I think it it's better kind of when it's a song you don't know? I mean, you, the I think, song you obviously know, that everybody knows. That's what I should be choosing, or songs that everybody knows. I think it's interesting when it's a song I don't know personally, just for me. Okay, I, you know a I, lot of songs. I just always assume it is a song that you know. It's always a pop song, but there was that time that you had never heard of Star Trek, and so. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, there's, I guess, you know, what we'll discover is that there are some songs that just because they're, they've entirely, they've been pervasive in your mind, you know, sure. in the 1980s or whatever. Sure, sure. I somehow missed it entirely. Of course. Of which, course. I mean, it's weird that that happens to me. It's, it's surprising to me. And the other, go ahead. And exciting, yeah. The, so the other big Mister Mister song is "Broken Wings." 
So take these podcast dreams and learn to and learn to record again and download so free. You know that one. Interesting. Okay, so I definitely know that song. Did not know it was Mr. Mystery. I I too, if you had said to me, name a Mr. Mister song, I couldn't, but I know those two songs very well. There's a few of those bands out there that like I know their name, but I can't always match it up with their songs. Sure. I get I get confused with sticks and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get a, I get prog rock brain fog. Pro- brain fog yeah you ever get that that was a that's an easy show title right there for us Uh, (laughs) there's gonna be an easy one one. tonight i'll make i'm gonna make a note on the pipe on the uh i'd like to welcome i'd like to welcome one magical universe to episode 82 Frog, rock, brain, fog. Now, the way you're saying oh, that's that kind sounds of in, that's kind of in, the, the beat is kind of industrial tonight, isn't it? It, it? it does. It sounds it sounds a little progressive. Now, the, what I'm hearing you say is prog, rock, brain, fog. Oh, oh, yeah. You, uh, boy, I mispronounced <laughs> it. I'm slurring. It's from it's because of the brain fog. It's prog rock, prog rock brain fog. Oh, we're definitely gonna go with rog. Just so you know. Sometimes you slur rock to rog, like let's rock and roll, right? We want to uh, rog, <laughs> rog. <laughs> I want to rog. <laughs> Ragging. I want to rog. Wrong! <laughs> Ragging all night. <laughs> you know, rock and ro- rock and roll was uh, originally a term. There was a slang term for you know uh, intercourse or for the a, good t- a good time in the sheets. Rog and roll. The <laughs> Have you been to this restaurant, Mikado, right around the corner? Their rock and roll is delicious. It's one of my favorite rolls. The rain. I like the spider and the rainbow and the rock and roll. Uh, so yes, <laughs> wait, stopping down for just one second here. Okay. Mark the time. <laughs> so yes. So the sticks hits are come sail away. Mr. Roboto too much time on my hands. Uh, show me the way. Is that right? Show me the way. Every day. No, I think of show me the way. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm thinking of Peter Frampton. Sticks also has a song called show me the way. I don't know if it's the same as the Peter Frampton song. Now, these these songs by Yes, you know, maybe, but I don't know them just by looking at them. Survival, Starship Trooper, Rhythm of Lo- Oh Owner of a Lonely Heart. That's the one that I know. That one's big. Another big Yes song, and or maybe it sticks. Wait, which one is it that sings? Sailing. I'm podcasting away. Set an open I, course for my show sheet notes. Well, six does come sail away. Yeah, yeah, that come okay, sail away. Yes. Come sa- uh-huh. I love that song, but I always think that's yes. <laughs> oh, well, that's the same song. I'm I'm sailing away is the beginning of come sail away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wrong. Yes. Okay, so yes, that is sticks. I think it's I'm podcasting away. Sure. We don't. We just don't want to infringe on anything. This is not a podcast about music lyrics, by the way. Uh, what this is is ten minutes of Alex Battles fan servicing. <laughs> He's going to be real excited about this. I was also feeling like this was the best ten minutes um, 
that we've recorded so far in the history of this podcast, but <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Months. You know what? I, w- I was actually thinking this. To, you know, tonight we had a Let's good. Let's take solid... a few minutes to talk about the show. Go ahead. Yes. Show is about the show. <laughs> Executive producers Alex Battles and Jameson Driscoll will tell you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's very meta. I think that, like, tonight, when we spend about 20 minutes talking before the show, I think then, like, the show just hits at full stride. I think oh, that's yeah. real important. Okay. That, yeah, you know, good. like, You're right. kind of, you know, otherwise, sometimes we rush to get up here, you know, and you're fetching around, like, oh, I got my, my drop. Like, just sitting here and talking about ourselves and catching each other up on our lives means that means that we're ready to go. I think that that makes a big difference. Well, we'll see. I could be wrong. Maybe well, maybe some nights we're just some nights are just in a different mood than other nights. For sure. Uh, and and when we were trying to put out four or five shows a week, there's no need to try to catch up each time. Yeah, right. We're, you're right. We're, 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 we sort <laughs> we're of cut up. it to two. We sort of cut it to two at the moment. And uh, and also now more things are happening in our lives. Because yeah, yeah. we've we've left our house. You are. Um, can we say this to one magical universe? You you are fully vaccinated, or yeah. Like, I mean, I still got to wait another couple of weeks. At the for end it to, of this week, uh-huh. for it to take, yeah. But I'm getting close. Oh yeah, t- two two weeks after. Okay, uh-huh. and then and you got um, your first shot. Is that right? Uh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, Next week, I get a first shot. And then, and yeah, and sometime next week, they're going to open up to all adults in in Texas. I should so be fully vaccinated by my birthday. Uh, that's great. Cinco de Mateo. Uh, not that there's much to celebrate this year. <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see how, you know, my sister-in-law is doing her little uh, birthday party at Krause. I'm curious to hear how that goes. Cause I think it could be really crowded. And I wonder. Yeah. If it's, yeah. Something to consider for sure. You know, I might, I might just stay in just because everybody else is going to go out in a crushing mess. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You could be right there, but we'll see the uh, excited about it. No matter what, of course, the, uh, the crushing mass, the mass of humanity that's about just, to wash over the, the, you and your bar. <laughs> the return to being normal. You know, the New York Times just did another thing, kind of talking about those that unspoken group of people that's like, well, I don't really want to go back to normal. Mm. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't, well, I like we were talking about before, I think that there is a place for those people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I encourage people to stay home. Yeah. But not me. I'm a rambling guy. I like to ramble around. My recent change of uh, of of jobs has me out of the house and rambling. And I'm feeling so much better. I We all had to adapt to the situation of just being at home and having to conduct your business from home and everything. And... Um, that was fine. I adapt. I totally adapted. You know, humans are amazing that way, but so adaptable. I, I totally like. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is," ugh. and but then I was like, "Oh, but I don't have to put my shoes on in the morning." <laughs> A lot of shoeless time, and I got really enjoy. I enjoyed that, and then I like to brush my teeth like five times a day, if possible. <laughs> when you're rambling around, you can't always do that, but if you're yeah. just at home, you definitely can. <laughs> and you know, I try. It's like I think it's like anything you like just focus on the positive, but boy, once I got rambling around in the world again, <laughs> I don't, I like it because then, I, have we talked about this on here? I don't know. You introduced this concept to me, the third place. Have we talked about oh, the yeah. third place here? For I don't sure know. We have. We're t- let's talk about it again. <laughs> like sure. when you're when your home is your workplace and your sleep place <laughs> and your fun place. It really throws everything into chaos for me. Like a a man 
a human needs three places. It, you need your home and your work. And then your third place, which can be your bar, your favorite bar, your your church, your sports league, whatever it is, this place you go to that's not... Do you know the origin of this concept? I want to say that it's, you know, it's kind of pubs in... In, in Ireland and stuff, yeah. the, like the tavern or the pub, uh-huh. you know, and it has, you know, there's because there's got to be a place where you can interact with your neighbors. That's not your house. Obviously, you don't want just anybody that you live in a village with to walk into your house. Mm. Uh, and it's not really practical for work either, you know, especially if you do a if you do a difficult job or a job that requires a lot of focus. You can't have everybody stopping by there and checking in and saying hi. So there has to be a a third location where you can stop by, check in, you know, things, particularly if there's something big going down, you know, maybe there's a storm coming in, need need to pass along some information. Hey, everybody, we got to, we got to batten down our hatches. We got to, got to board our windows or whatever it is. Or, you know, I heard there's a, there's been some crime problems in the next town over, you know, we might need to, uh, might need to consider this matter. For ourselves, it could be coming this way, you know, and that's that place is not nobody wants that place to be their house. That place might have been, you know, or before the third place, that place was probably the hearth, you know, where the king sits, you know, and and everybody has dinner, you know, or whatever uh, in the, you know, in the tribe. But then. Right. Then. Right. Like the. uh um, the long house, right? The, the the mead hall. But then tribes became uh, communities became bigger than tribes, and so you weren't just like our listenership. <laughs> That's exactly. You don't necessarily want uh, we, to be going we, to. <laughs> we went from hunter gatherers to off planet. <laughs> Light <There's>... speed. <laughs> The that's the way that's the way things are going. Well, you know, I, I'm so glad that things are going that way. When it starts to move, it moves very quickly. Yeah, we should keep talking about music tonight, today, whenever you're what listening else? to this to this <laughs> rogcast. Um, what about um, heard any good covers lately, Shafe? I have. I got for for my little brother, uh, field correspondent Dickie Hall. Sent along Sturgill Simpson. No, sorry. Post Malone covering Sturgill, which was exciting to me. What was the song? Take uh, Take the Crown or Have the Crown? What's that song? You can have the crown. Which is that? That song. What What album is that from? I mean, I guess it's on Meta Modern Sounds. Okay. So it wasn't like it was one of the on weed and pills trying to write a song that'll pay the bills, but it ain't came yet. I guess I'll have oh, to yeah, rob yeah. a bank. No, oh, it could be worse. It ain't half bad. At least I ain't sitting in old Baghdad in the middle of a hot damn desert sitting in a tank. Is it wasn't. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, Post Malone was playing with Dwight Yoakam's backup band. Uh, so that's a, it's a, it's a really good show. I'll put the uh, I'll put the Rolling Stone link up on our our f- Facebook page. The, I think uh, you know how I feel about Sturgill, but do you know how I feel about Post Malone? No, I don't. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love that guy. He's so much fun. He's a really, I think he's a really talented musician. Uh, I I don't know. He's a, he's a, also a nut. He's a it is becoming increasingly clear, increasingly clear to me that yes, he is a very talented musician, mm-hmm. uh, and he is also definitely a nut. Uh, and I am definitely coming around to, to team to team P Malone. When he first came out, it was like this is like a like a white guy with face tattoos, and is this some kind of hip hop ripoff or like what is this? But he's transition in my mind. He's transitioned to something else. I, I mean, he's got like a a really poppy hit that they play a lot circles. I got to make that the song parody next time I made a note for myself. I love that. I love that song. We've been listening to that song a lot. 
Amy made this, um, they were doing this virtual event thing. And, uh, well, because everything's been virtual, uh, it was like, it was like a, uh, her company does uh, retreats and she set up this whole virtual retreat thing. And we made this sort of dance interlude video to some pop songs and one of them was circles. So like I was editing some video to it and then I got, I got to know that song real well. And I, and the, but, and yet I enjoy it every time it comes on the radio. So, yeah, that's a good way to get yourself real hooked, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sit yes. and w- work sit with a piece of something for sure. Um, sit and no, play I just I I haven't listened to the song over and over again. Yeah, I haven't listened to this that you're talking about this cover, but I'm really excited to hear about it. And it's like it's awesome when you're like, oh, this artist that I really like covered this other artist that I really like. Yeah, definitely. With this amazing backup band by you know one of the most monumental figures in country history. (laughs) White Yoakum's band is a a particularly cool bunch. Like he has uh, that guy. He's a long haired fellow Eddie. Uh, He plays, he plays guitar for the Mavericks as well. And he's, he's, so he's the lead guitarist in Dwight Yoakam's band, and he is, just plays, just plays the heck out of that electric guitar, it is so good, so he would be, like he would be well, he would be well paired with Post Malone, another, you know, kind of, kind of, cross-genre rocker, Eddie Perez is his name, he can play guitar just like he's ringing a bell, can do can do (laughs) well i can't wait to check that out one magical universe check that out and get at us tell us what you think you know what get at us and tell us what you think of post malone tell tell us all about your interest in or or uh curiousness or here's a question for the audience post malone or cantaloupe (laughs) <laughs> cantaloupe malone <laughs> have you ever some... heard have you ever heard luke talk about his friend's post office luke has a friend whose wife won't listen to him won't let him listen to post malone in the house so he built a prefabricated shed out in his backyard and calls it the post office and only plays post malone out there <laughs> Wait, is that for real? Wait, yeah. who, who, who's Luke? Luke Luke Burbank from TBTL. Oh, okay. I did not know that. <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that. I didn't know he... I mean, listen, he's a man with good taste. Of course, we like some of the same artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's next on the show sheet, Jay? I believe we have a dream... From our good friend Jason Edla in New York. Wait, a dream like a like a Svalina dream? No, it's it's a you know it's a cinematic type weird dream description. But there's okay. a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of people. Lori, who has been on this show, Lindsay, who has been on this show, Alex Battles, who has been on this show. Obviously, I've been on this show once or twice. They appear uh, all, in the dream. You guys all appear that, in the dream. Is that in order of appearance? Starring in in order of appearance. <laughs> yeah, as and and so this is all in addition to the fact that this is just a very entertaining cinematic dream. Uh, and our friend Jason, he's a huge movie fan. I want to get him on here just to talk about movie movies with us one of these days. And actually, this gave me the idea. What I wanted to do is have it'll be kind of a combination interview slash new form of improv comedy where we, where we workshop movie ideas that we've had (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Uh Like my baby agent movie idea. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And then you can say, Oh, you know, Oh, your baby agent movie. You obviously have to have, you know, Alec Baldwin in that one or whatever. And you know, the, uh, Stephen Baldwin, which is weird. (laughs) Or, uh, field correspondent Dickie Hall and I have had a number of, we have, Long plotted the 
the Gronkowski, J.J. Watt, Buddy Cop movie. When those two guys retire from football, we think uh, they should do a they should do a cops cop with personality differences go after a drug kingpin movie. Um, Can we see that together? (laughs) We definitely can. Uh, Dick and I always actually. I think I still have the. I think I still have the Google Drive document somewhere for all of the. Uh, brainstorming and workshopping that Dick and I did on our singularity romantic comedy <laughs> where, you know, okay. the guy falls in love with the AI. Okay. Um, and this was before Spike Jones did his, was it Spike Jones? Who did the one with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson? We had, Joaquin we had, uh, Scarlett Johansson. we had fully workshopped this idea. Oh, you mean and then th- her? It was her, crazy. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And then we had fully workshopped this idea, and then we heard that this movie was in production. Uh, and and Isn't that's that always, always the way. way. That's always the way. It is <laughs> yeah. always the way. Yeah. Always the way. So here's another idea you can steal from us, Hollywood. This is uh, we, the subject line for his email was waking in LA. Wait, is this a get at us? It is, yeah. Okay. Waking in LA or waking in Los Angeles, if you prefer, from Jason Edla. I don't know if it was the first vaccine shot or just the disturbed sleep, but what a voluminous and vivid night of dreaming. You all had parts. It was a 1920s Miller's Crossing style setting, also featuring Harlem gangsters of the time. A gang boss resembling Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet demanded going to sleep with one particular woman and only seeing another in the morning. Like flying into Vegas, but waking in L.A. (laughs) He had a contraption which would drop one woman out of the bed and rotate the other in overnight. I think Schaefer was part of this. (laughs) So apparently I'm the gangster pimp. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay was dancing in the ballroom and seemed uninvolved, but later on, a key to unraveling the murders was her history with Alex Battles, quotation, the first six years. Schaefer had some part here, too. Lori and I and two to four brunettes were in a cab going to dinner. Lori made us detour to walk to this to talk to this frat boyish detour, uh, sorry, Laurie made us detour to talk to this frat boyish DJ working at a bar, turntables, oversight headphones, etc. That was probably me. There was this jealous woman on, whoa, there's this jealous woman on the rampage all over town. Oh, dear. And Laurie had to tie up loose ends. I don't remember Lily from AT&T's exact involvement, but some guy was stabbed with scissors multiple times in the AT&T store. Some sleight of hand hiding an earring from the detectives. Somebody tried to push me into an oncoming subway and choke me, but it morphed into a film set. I was trying to film a first-person POV of that happening. A co-worker was explaining a programming concept using underwear, but he was wrong. The code represented by the maroon boxers would need an explicit call from the gray briefs. <laughs> Is that the end of the dream? Yep. It's terrifying. The code represented by the maroon boxers would need an explicit call from the gray briefs. Now, does, does Jason know all these people? Yeah. Okay. Except for Lily from AT&T. Well, right. And Lori got back and said, dude, 100% of my life this week has been tying loose ends and I've been stressed out and overbooked and my car is in the shop, so I'm cabbing everywhere. I'm in a cab right now rushing Formula Home to the baby. And I've watched Kid 90 twice this week. The DJ is obviously Brian Austin Green. This vaccine has made you psychic. And then Whoa. <laughs> uh, and then Jason got back and said, oh, I just looked up Brian Austin Green. The DJ in the dream was definitely a 90s Brian Austin Green. Whoa. So I think... I mean, first of all, I think that that movie just needs to be made. Everything about that, you know, 
has the classic, like, you know, David Lynchy, uh, uh, noir, you know, Coen Brothers noir sort of, sort of, sort of vibe to it. So, I'm it could exist. There was a, there was another movie recently made about that was kind of the same thing, kind of like a, a Lynch dreamlike mystery. I can't remember now what it was called, but it took place. In, oh, I think it's called Silver Lake because the Silver Lake uh, uh, area of L.A. Everybody wants to make movies like David Lynch, but do you know who's really the best at that? David Lynch. David Lynch. Nobody else, nobody else can quite do it. Yeah. Yeah. The the <coughs> oft the oft imitated director. Under Lynch. Under the Silver Lake is the name of that movie from 2018. Okay. Uh and Jason and I watched that movie together. I think there might have been some of that influence in there too. Okay. And that well, movie did a good for job. Sharing, Jason. That movie Under the Silver Lake does a good job of being an obvious it's obviously influenced by David Lynch but not problematically so like it does its own thing, you know, while obviously it allows David Lynch to have some influence without problematically tying itself up to it to where you're like, Oh, there's another David Lynch ripoff. It's, it's okay, but it's not as good as David Lynch, whatever. Um, it's, it's an entertaining movie by itself. I've never actually thought that explicitly, but when you mentioned that people were, uh, you know, there's a lot yeah. of Lynchian type themes. He well, he, set, he sort of set the standard for a certain style of I, cinema. I think the problem is that David Lynch is always walking that line between like kind of overindulgent of him, his own obtuseness, mm. just and like the so podcast. It's easy to uh, <laughs> it's easy to cross that line, and I, definitely if somebody was. If somebody was doing David Lynch, then you'd be like, "Oh, great! What they're just not making any sense and being weird." Great, David Lynch just already like did the that. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm in the mood for? Segment-wise, tell me the Ferguson Files. Oh yeah, you'd say. You know there's something happening here, but you don't know what it is. You'd say you <laughs> you told your <laughs> you told your monkey to do the dog, but he laughed. He shook his head and wagged his tail and went and did the cat instead. He's a weird monkey. <laughs> well, then you might be ready for the Ferguson Files. Oh, I'm ready. Ferguson Files, dead air, dead air. We hate to hear that. We hate. We hate mm. to hear those words in the oh. in the business, in the imaginary radio business. I like but to call them awkward silences. I prefer awkward that terminology. <laughs> Another one. Times when Schaefer said he could vamp through it, but then didn't didn't do any vamping at all. <laughs> dead air sounds a little more prepared, you know, or like uh, well thought out. Awkward silence is where we, well, <laughs> where in this we case, like to land. In this case, the dead air was not prepared. During his first few years on the air, talk show host Dick Cavett might have imagined his worst moment as a broadcaster would remain the night when actors Peter Falk, Ben Gazzara, and John Cassavetes showed up for a taping drunk and incoherent. First of all, guys, I didn't know that that had happened. I got real excited. I looked that up. And I will put that video on the Facebook page so you can watch that because it is amazing and oh, hilarious. Wait. Oh, they went ahead and uh, tried to do an interview. Oh, they did the, they did the whole show. At one point, Dick Cavett just gets up and walks off stage. Oh, wait. <laughs> now, who was the three again? Cassavetes? Yeah, it was the release of John Cassavetes' movie, Husbands, which had Ben Gazzara, Peter Falk, and John Cassavetes. Oh, it's a great okay. movie. Really weird uh Really Peter weird Falk movie. It's Columbo. Um, yeah, you got it. Uh-huh. Columbo. Uh, the three of them show up to promote this movie, and when they when they first come out on stage, it becomes clear that and they're they're all obviously drunk, 
and it becomes clear that first they had they had Just decided like right now they were like all right when we go out there nobody respond to anything dick cavett says like that was their <laughs> initial attempt but it ended up with them just like sitting quietly and like trying not to crack up. <laughs> At one point there's like this, they're trying to like, one guy's trying to light his cigar cigarette and another, and Ben Gazzara, Ben Gazzara is trying to light a cigar and they're like, they can't do it. They keep dropping their matches. And it's like, Dick Cavett says, you're going to get sued by Jerry Lewis if you're not careful. Like <laughs> this, this incompetent shtick is uh, somebody else is already doing this. So that was hilarious. Anyway, so that's brilliant. Um, that is a side note to this other amazing story. Uh, and like I say, I'll put it on the Facebook page so you can watch it because it is a riot. Um, I want to watch that. I'm going to be hanging out on our Facebook page for the next couple of days. And so the and the point of this article was that was not. The worst moment Dick Cavett had on his show. No, this would be September 18th of 1970. Uh, or sorry, no, a year. That was the year. That was September 18th was the drunken uh, show. Uh, so less than a year later, Cavett would outdo himself. Uh, he had a guy named Jerome Rodale. Uh, along with uh, New York Post columnist Peter Hamill. They stopped momentarily to regard the odd behavior of the man sitting a few feet away. It was Jerome Rodale, who had just spent 30 minutes talking to Dick Cavett about the organic food lifestyle he promoted, and he was snoring loudly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> this guy is, so it's 1971. This guy, Jerome Rodale, is, is big on this new thing called organic food. Uh, this organic food movement urging customers to ignore store sales of increasingly processed foodies, many natural whole foods as possible. Uh, he, he wrote some books. Um, he said that polio could be avoided uh, with a balanced diet. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, club soda contributes to poor eyesight. I don't know. Uh <laughs> But he was he was gaining popularity uh, in America, and he had a, he had the opportunity to be on the Cavett show. And uh, after <laughs> Cavett opened the show with an act involving trained monkeys, and then Rodale strolled out on the set bearing gifts. One was a goose egg that he declared harbored numerous health benefits. Another was some asparagus that he claimed had been boiled in urine. Uh, the audience was concerned. <laughs> However, they ended up chatting. Everything was fine. Uh, Rodale's plans had plans to live to be a hundred, so he gave him the you know we all we all know the organic uh, movements uh, tenets pretty well, but he broke it down for for Dick Cavett. Well, this was new at that time for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine you know there. I mean, there was already there's already been another. 50 years of pushback against it, you know, right. so the imagine the pushback was even stronger then. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> Dick Cavett doesn't recall this, but some people have said that he asked Rodale if, if, uh, Hamill and Cavett were boring him. Uh, cause you know, <laughs> this guy starts snoring and then, uh, then he realizes that he's pale and he uh, he kind of starts to realize what's happening. He calls for a doctor. Uh, and I think it was a classic. Is there a doctor in the audience? And uh, medical inter interns came on. And, uh, and it was really, he died from a heart attack on stage. Now, yeah, he talks about, Cavett talks about two stewardesses who uh, uh, had been winking and joking with me during the commercial breaks were now crying i guess from their training ha had having seen emergencies they knew the score um the dazzling deed about that for me is that dick cavett did in fact spend commercial breaks winking and joking with stewardess stewardesses in his audience um <laughs> so yeah they they took him off and that and that show never aired uh they didn't they had the good sense to not exploit the incident um that night, an 
a rerun aired and then Cavett came on the following night and explained what had happened, you know, cause it, this, the incident had hit the papers and stuff. So they, they did that. And, and an interesting thing about it was that, you know, he came on and he gave this very serious explanation of what had been going, what had gone on the night before. But like I said, they never, that footage was never aired or even distributed in any way. Um, Is that a so lesson we should learn? No one has seen it, but apparently. <laughs> Is there a, a takeaway <laughs> for well, us as broadcaster? Uh, <laughs> or small casters. Would you like to be more specific? <laughs> I mean, I think that that if uh, if there's a catastrophe on our show, we shouldn't um, <laughs> we shouldn't air, air it. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe things have changed in the fifty years since then. Um, also, no one's dying on our show. I I know, but in the event, I'm just saying <laughs> we're learning from we've we've been learning from Dick Cavett all along. If I try someone, to I try to map the podcast on every situation that we talk about. Someone here. dies on the show, maybe yeah, maybe we'll do a little editing then. <laughs> what a hassle! <laughs> we need to make sure we need to get a physical for anybody who's considering coming on here. <laughs> uh, so the interesting thing about it was that people would come up to Dick Cavett for years after that and say, "Hey, remember when that guy died on your show? You know, and how shocking it was." And so people over the years convinced themselves as they saw uh, Cavett talk about it and describe it in detail. And then there were, you know, then that episode was then rerun, rerun various times. People convinced themselves that they had in fact seen it when all they had heard was Dick Cavett's description of it. And uh, wow, That's it, uh, it actually, that all boiled over in a, in a 2007 New York Times uh, editor, where he talks about, you know, uh, there's a reader, you know, who, what he was so, somebody took it as, you know, a denial of reality or whatever. You know, he, he said like the the reader had a T-shirt made or something and said, I saw, you know, I I saw the Dick Cavett show or whatever. They made it into like a a, a Mandela effect sort of thing, like Whoa. somebody isn't telling us everything that's going on because I did really see that. That Dick Cavett show. So that's that brings that that brings the whole incident solidly into the realm of the Ferguson Files. Once again, we find ourselves floating in unreality in the midst of the Ferguson Files. Thank you, Ellison, Ellen Ferguson, for that Ferguson file, and uh, thanks everyone out there in the in one magical universe. Thanks for. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, it's a, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, Matthew, do you have any of uh, of Matthias's dreams handy? Oh, man. It seems like it would make sense to go out with <sighs> one of those. go out with the dream. Let me go get uh, I'll, uh, vamp, vamp for, for 10 seconds. I'll vamp for a few seconds. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to all of our listeners in India. It's a pleasure to have... You guys, we would love to hear from one of you if you guys feel like chatting with us uh, through the usual channels, the Facebook page or the website, uh, the, sorry, the email address, feedback at onemagicalhour.com. Uh, maybe you could get at us through the, uh, you, you can even get at us through the Apple, uh, Apple podcast service or there's, a, I know that there's a, an Indian podcast service that you guys use. I'm going to look and see if there's a way for you to email us through them. Cause I wonder if maybe there's some firewall issues between us and, uh, between our countries. Yeah. It's uh, firewall issues. That's what's going on. I just, something's going on. Something's happening here, but we don't know what it is. Mr. Jones. Okay. I'm going to do a thing that we've been doing. I'm going to read the dream that corresponds with the episode number. And I haven't read it yet. Excellent. So that should be fun for, I don't know, at least us. So here we go. It's the 82nd episode. It's 
It's Matthias Felina's 82nd Dream. You step onto stage. The audience applauds wildly. You walk to the microphone. Can everyone hear me, you say? People cheer. Can everyone hear me, you say again? They cheer again. Can everyone hear me, you say again? They cheer again. Thank you, you say. Thank you so much for being here. It really means a lot to me, especially today, especially after all that has happened. It's so important, you say, to gather together like this, to be together, to be together, to be together. You pull a handful of printed pages from your pocket. With closed lips, you silently read a joke from the page. Then you laugh at your own joke. <laughs> After you're done laughing, the crowd cheers. You crouch down and light a first birthday candle on a birthday cake that sits at your feet, which is shaped like a long snake. You stand back up, silently read another joke off your paper, then laugh at your own joke. The crowd cheers and applauds. You crouch down and light another birthday candle. You silently read another joke, laugh, they cheer. You light another candle and again and again until you have lit all the candles on the birthday cake. Then a five-year-old is led to the stage by her parents. She walks up to the snake cake's tail and takes a deep breath and blows out the candle that is on the snake's tail's tip. Then she takes another breath and blows out the next candle and the next and the next until she has blown out all the candles. From the crowd, you hear sniffling, crying, weeping. These are tears of joy. Shafi, is this like the podcast? <laughs> it does. <laughs> that was pretty cool. The, uh, the, the thing, maybe the, te the tears of joy that the, uh, <laughs> that the one hour is finally over. <laughs> yeah. That the glass candle was blown out. Look, you're gonna listen back on this and be like, "That was that was a good show." I know how you feel right now. You you disappointed in us. <laughs> I, know. I, I always remind myself that whenever I listen back, I enjoy it more than I think I'm doing. You're in the gonna moment. you're gonna listen back and really enjoy this <laughs> one. I uh, I would like to thank Cat for doing a great job on uh, episode 81 for us. That was a Thanks really Thanks for episode. hanging with us, Cat. Putting up with our our banal chit-chat about <laughs> scrambled eggs. <laughs> Boy, really, we really chatted it up. That was really <laughs> riveting. All right. Uh, One Magical Universe, we love you. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Get at us at feedback at onemagicalhour.com. We'd love to hear from you. And join us next time for episode 83. Uh, oh, and uh, and remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And remember the poorer the choices, the sweeter the wine. Some nights you're struggling with indecision. Some nights you know just where the answer lies Some nights you think you may have found religion Some nights you're lost beneath an empty sky Comes a warm night and the edges flows The sun goes down and the street lights glow And you step right up and you just let go Things just come alive and now you don't the jazz Sometimes it's just alright It's alright Just